God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We have a lot of history in our lessons today. We have two prophets, Amos and John, and we have a love letter, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And I'm going to take this off so you can hear me a little bit better. Included with those are the psalm the choir so beautifully sung, which is also a love psalm where mercy and truth meet together and righteousness and peace kiss each other. And yet, and yet, there's not a lot of touchy feeliness in these lessons. First, Amos is called out of his own country to go into the heart of power and speak, though he is not from the guild of prophets, he is not a professional prophet, he is called by obedience to God to go and speak truth in the belly of the beast, as it were. The lesson reminds us, with that vision from the plumb line, that we are made of good material, but when we get uneven or wobbly, God's prophets calls us back to strength and level-headedness. Which means not exploiting the poor and the weak, which means reminding, being reminded that whatever power or gifts that we have are from God, which means being reminded that we are in fact good. God made us out of good material. But when we lose our way, we need to be reinforced and reminded of our purpose. The second lesson with the second prophet, John, the baptizer, is a hideous lesson. It is very hard to see beauty in that tale of corrupt power and pettiness of saving face by giving over the life of a faithful man. And so these stories of ours, these, these, these lessons, the scripture, is a family history that runs the gamut between you know, Paul's wonderful proclamation in Ephesus about all the gifts that we are given uh, and, and how we are claimed by Christ, but also how we go astray and offer also how we abuse the power that God has given us. 
our family history of the faithful, millennia old, has every kind of human behavior that you could ask for and want to hide. So the prophet Amos goes to God's people where he is not known, where they think he has no business, and he recalls them to the way of God. He uses that vision of a plumb line that God has given him to, to let them know that they need to be reinforced in the ways of justice and kindness and to remember that power is granted with agency to us in this world but true power is God's. So here's a very interesting thing about that portion of the book of Amos. The priest, Amaziah, when he gets offended by Amos, who is this man here trying to get something from us, he thinks, he gets offended by Amos and goes to the king to sort of tell the story of what Amos is talking about. And never once, never once does he mention God. Not once. The priest. He's offended because he's been called out. He's offended because he has become comfortable. He is offended because he serves the power of the monarchy and not the power of God. So remember that we have agency in this world. But as a people of God, we are called to serve not the prince of principalities of this world first, but the God who calls us to solidarity and justice and love. And this tension of power is displayed so starkly in the story of Herodias, Herod, John the Baptist. This is toxic masculinity and toxic femininity at its worst. It is someone using their power to save face, to show that they're strong, and not using the power that they've been given for the good of God's people. Herodias and Herodias, mother and daughter, reminds me a little bit of my family. Half of us are named the same. Henry, Henry, Treadwell, Treadwell. When we were all together, sometimes even uh, yelling Nana, uh, people mistook it for Hannah. So uh, I don't know if you all have family names, but 
Uh, it might have been confusing to hear when I read the gospel, but Herodias and Herodias are two people. And then there's Herod. Herod used his power to, to kill John the Baptist, to save face. And we are reminded in, by this hideous story to use whatever power we have, whatever power, whether it be, it be the power of our voices, the power of parenthood, the power of politics, the power of privilege, the power of whatever agency we have in our communities, the power of politics, the power of love for the service of others. And at the very end of this violent story, we see that John's disciples did use their power, their agency, to go get his body and bury him properly. They used their power to tend to their beloved. And that is the way we are reminded, the way we are called, the way we are asked to use whatever power we have with tenderness and grace for the good of others. The idolatry to human power is not the way of God. So we leave those two stories of a prophet and we look at our epistle, which means letter, and we see that Paul, or one of his disciples, writes a letter to the church in Ephesus that is desperate for a good word, that is become uneven in a way, unlevel, like, like, like the, the wall in Amos, and, and, and maybe uh, a little desperate, like um, the, the people in uh, the Gospel of Mark. But they, they're wanting to understand what is the benefit of being part of a people of faith. And Paul writes all of the benefits all of the gifts that we are given. We are adopted as God's own. We belong no matter whose we are. We are given forgiveness and grace and redemption and salvation. We are called blessed and holy. And we are reminded that our whole lives are to be, are to be called to the glory and praise of God. And I want to get this quote right from a... Um, from Edwin Searchy, he says that the glory of God for Paul, a rabbi by training, is the kabod, the weight and gravitas of the presence of God. Paul imagines the Ephesians living as a people known not for their praise of human institutions or idols or ideas, but for their joy in what Christ is doing to redeem aching souls and a suffering world. And so Paul writes this love letter about all the gifts, reminding us that we are to be joyful even when things are not always wonderful. A joy that is deep, not a superficial joy, but a joy 
that finds meaning and purpose and salvation and redemption and belonging as we serve aching souls and suffering bodies in this world. This letter of Paul to the Ephesians reminds us that we can do hard things. As we come up for breath from this pandemic, as we slowly but steadily begin to resume certain things that have been closed to us, as we take stock of what we have lost, of our loved ones, of broken relationships, of illnesses, this love letter reminds us that even with all that, we are God's blessed, God's beloved, God's adopted, God's redeemed. And that power and that agency comes from God and Christ and gives us the ability to do hard things for the healing of our communities, our families, and this world. Amen.